Monday night football and week eight in the books. It was the Browns over the Bengals at home. Let's talk Nick Chubb. Let's talk potential trade partners for Kareem Hunt. Maybe the trade deadline. Roquan Smith now on his way from the Chicago Bears to the Baltimore Ravens. All that and more. Which team could be making moves on today's Peacock and Williamson? NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of PW is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match. Up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Okay, a lot of rumors out there, a lot of action with GMs and phone calls today as the deadline looms, Matt. But week eight now is finished up, and I think we both picked the the Cincinnati Bengals in this one. Yep, yep. And the Bengals fall to four and four. The Browns, who are dead, climb up to three and five now on the season with – I mean, through three quarters, completely blanked the Bengals. The Bengals tried feebly to come back late with 13 in the fourth quarter, but 32-13 the final here for those Cleveland Browns, mostly on the power of the run game. Uh, Another 100-yard effort and a couple touchdowns from Nick Chubb. Yeah, let me throw something at you before we get into this game, and I do want to talk about it's a big win for the Browns. So my wife is a Halloween lunatic. Our, Our house has been basically decorated for six weeks. Every day something new goes up. We had a huge party here on Saturday. There's a giant inflatable Stay Puff Marshmallow Man coming around the corner of my house. You know, we trick-or-treated last night, as everyone does. But after trick-or-treating, you know, it's 8.15 Eastern here. I go sit down, watch the Monday Nighter, do my job, and just see a lot of orange and black with a little bit of brown sprinkled in on these teams and thought to myself, these two teams should play every Halloween. This should be like the Halloween matchup. What do you think about that? I like it. Or or like maybe Bengals Raiders or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, the, the a lot of orange, orange on the field. Nice. Yeah. 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 I, I think that'd be a great tradition. You know, the the the, the divisional uh Ohio, Cleveland, Cincy, go back and forth, Halloween madness, you know, and have a big party in between or everywhere in between. Just keep partying it up. Right. Like uh, we see certain teams on Thanksgiving every year. Let's have the Bengals every year hosting the, you know, uh uh the Browns or the Raiders or the the right. Ravens or somebody dark, you know. Yeah, that, there you go. That there would be like a nice spooky matchup. I, I like that. I like <laughs> with, the, with the theme there. More traditions, um, the better. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett, quarterback rating 133.7. A nice, efficient game. 17 of 22 passing, 278 yards and a touchdown. No interceptions. Only sacked a couple of times. Um, I think this is that Browns team. We saw a little bit earlier on in the season. Thought they might be okay with Jacoby Brissett as they get to the Deshaun Watson era of the Cleveland Browns. And Man, um, I don't know whether to take away that the Browns team is better than they've looked recently or if the Bengals team is just going to sort of flounder this season. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot to take away from it. It's a huge win for the Browns, keeps them very relevant. Two and six is a nightmare. Three and five is still within striking distance, especially with Watson coming back at some point. Um, Brissett was fantastic. He really, really was. And he's had a couple really good games this year. Amari Cooper was phenomenal, caused all sorts of problems. Um, the running game was as solid as always, 172 on the ground. You know, I mean, is that Kareem Hunt's last carry as a Brown? I think that's a possibility, but we'll see. Um, the key to me, though, was both lines of scrimmage for Cleveland were totally dominant. And Garrett was a wrecking machine. Speaking of Halloween, you know, he he came in there as a uh, as Vecna from uh, Stranger Things. And like he goes crazy for Halloween, which is pretty funny. I guess in his yard, he has tombstones of every quarterback he's ever sacked. And I mean, so that was pretty funny, too. That's just nice. that I like that. <laughs> but in a way, this was almost like a week one game, you know. Brown's defense wasn't bad like it's been for much of the year. Garrett was dominant. They controlled things on the ground. But I mean that more in a negative way from the Bengals. I mean, 36 rushing yards in a game that was 11-0 at the half. I mean, they could have stuck with the run, didn't, had no sorts of running game whatsoever. Awful offensive line play. I mean, Burrow was constantly under pressure. He could have played better in his own right, but and Chase was definitely missed. But their O-line was you know, not picking up stunts, you know, getting beat one-on-one by Garrett and others. So this looked like week one since he, when they were struggling and looked kind of like week one Browns that was running the ball well and playing good defense and Brissett played really well. So I don't know where to take these teams from here. Everything yeah, I thought I knew sacks. about him, I throw away. <laughs> Burrow sacked five times in this one and it did feel like they missed Jamar Chase. Is that enough where the Bengals are like, man, okay, we don't have that element and that sort of, doesn't scare defenses now and so defenses can play us a little bit more honestly and play you know bring another rusher or you know play a little closer to the line of scrimmage against the run is that enough for yes, the Bengals but to be that team where they're just it not shouldn't have been this bad though yeah right you know i mean sure he's a huge loss he's a transcendent player where would minnesota be without jefferson or if tyreek was out of you know miami's lineup or Hopefully we don't see it if Cup is not in the Rams lineup. But T. Higgins is no slouch and Boyd and Hurst, and it shouldn't have been this bad, and it doesn't excuse the poor blocking, um, doesn't excuse Amari Cooper running free time and time again. It was just a bad showing by Cincinnati. Speaking of Cooper Cup, I think they have good news uh, with uh, oh, do they? Good. his injury. Yeah, it looks very good. There's not, you know, nothing structural damage. I think it's, you know, some soft tissue stuff for the most part, so rest first and, and we'll see if he's able to play next week but it's definitely not a long-term thing and so they dodged a bullet there the rams did with cooper cup okay speaking of the rams could you see ahead. the browns getting in the playoffs and getting this thing turned around i still think that's a long shot but I mean, no and i'm even worried about okay. the Bengals at this point and and yeah so when we fill out our uh lockdown podcast network um power rankings sometimes you know they put the link up there to, to do the voting you could you could wait till monday night football's over vote before I voted before Monday Night Football because I knew it yeah. about treating with my son. And I had the Bengals pretty darn high. And uh, I'm kind of regretting that now. It feels a lot different after Monday Night Football at 4-4 four four than if they were 5-3 and three with the way things had been going for them in, in recent weeks versus the start of the season for the Bengals. So now I'm back to just scratching my head with the Bengals, not knowing what's going on. A better shot than the Browns, but you know, not much separates them in the 
In fact, there's only one team between them, the Colts. If you look at the playoff seating at three, four, and one between the four and four Bengals and the three and five Browns right now with, with tiebreakers, obviously it's way too early for tiebreakers, but I just pulled up the, uh, the playoff seating and there's only one team in between those two teams. Hmm. I'm I'm sort of in a similar boat. I, I hadn't filled out power ranks, but I've often had a discussion, you know, who's number four in the league? I mean, we know who the top three are. And I thought Cincinnati was in the conversation, you know, 24 hours ago. I, I can't say that right now. And I think you would put the Bengals, like, probably in the group with the Packers, um, you know, Tampa. Baltimore did. You know, Baltimore is in five, five and three now. But I would put them kind of in a weird spot. The Dolphins, maybe. Uh, Tampa's definitely another one. Teams that are are there or right there, but th- they could be buyers at the deadline, and it should probably mm. be aggressive if they want to get there, right? And yeah. um, maybe I, I know we're about to talk Ravens with Roquan and all that, mm. but I, I want to mention their schedule when we get there because it's remarkably easy. And the Bengals falling one more game behind Baltimore. Might be all it takes in that division for the Ravens to kind of moonwalk to the end. Well, let's do that next. Okay. Let's talk Roquan Smith traded from the Bears to the Ravens. How's that look for the Ravens? How's it look for the Chicago Bears, who are loading up for a huge offseason upcoming in 2023? And some other rumors, some other teams will go through those standings and see which teams should be buyers and sellers at the deadline. I have late-breaking news, too. Here we we'll go. come back with that. I love it. And breaking news on the latest in the NFL coming up. After I tell the folks out there about prize picks and prize picks is daily fantasy that is made easy. How easy entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. You're not even picking a full team of players. This is pick two to five players and you pick if they will score more or less than their prize picks projection. That is it. And you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. If you're picking those five players, right, you can go up to 10 times your money. If you're if you don't want to go that deep, you pick two players and maybe win a little bit less, but have, you know, better odds to uh, to beat prize picks projections on the more or less whatever they're projected. And look, you're not playing against other players either. You're just playing against prize picks and those projections that are available for the NFL. And it's not just football. There's college football. There's NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA, uh, you name it. Uh, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, disc golf, MMA, boxing. They've got projections for just about everything at Price Picks. Withdrawals are safe and fast. And Price Picks is currently operational in over 30 states, including Canada. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you 50 more to play with. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Thanks again everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network for your second listen. Check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Here we go. Breaking news, Matt. What do we got? I do not know the compensation, but TJ Hawkinson is on the move to the divisional rival Vikings. 
Um, oh, how about them apps? The Vikings. Right. Okay, well, I can cross. Hold on a second. Let me cross Rook, uh, TJ Hawkinson off my list because that was a player I wanted to bring up today that had okay. been rumored could potentially be available. And I thought there were some good fits for him. The fits I had on my list were not the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. Okay, TJ Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings. I would imagine there would be pretty nice compensation here. Maybe not the compensation you'd be getting for a star receiver or a star pass rusher or something of that nature. Um, but and we'll still young. right, still young, still has a lot left, hasn't been quite the difference making tight end that I think the Lions thought they were getting when they drafted him. But a two way player, they can block and they can catch the football and definitely adds an element to the Vikings offense. And we talked about the Vikings as a team, it's like you know, they, they feel like the same team as last year, but they're playing a lot different now. They're a better team than last year, yeah. And you know, Irv Smith did something to his ankle. I don't know the extent of it in that game. And maybe that was enough to, that they're, they're worried about that. I thought if the Vikes were going to be active, it might be for a third receiver. I mean, Thielen's not young, maybe a Brandon Cooks, a Chase Claypool, somebody like that. But another weapon certainly adds up. I mean, they're extremely familiar with them, playing against them twice a year. Hawk has been a little disappointing. I mean, he was a top 10 pick. I loved them coming out of school. Early in his career, I'm like, this is going to be one of the, this is going to be a George Kittle like player, you know, in terms of impact. He isn't there. I mean, he's the seventh best tight end in the league or something like that. But tight ends take a while. I mean, they usually hit their stride around age 27. That's about where he's at now. I would imagine he is cost effective for the next couple of years. You can pick up his, his, uh, uh, his extension, his fifth year deal. So I see the attraction. I will we'll respond tomorrow when we get a, a better idea of what uh, Detroit got. But well, I've th- got that for you right now. Oh, Matt. wow. Things are happening left and right here. <laughs> this is fun. This is fun happening live. Uh, according to Tom Pelissero, the Lions sending TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. Minnesota sends a second round pick this upcoming draft and a 2024 third round pick to wow. Detroit for Hawkinson. And um, along with Hawkinson, Minnesota gets a 2023 fourth round pick and a 2024 conditional fourth round pick. Okay. Okay. So so that means um, the, so Hawkinson and a fourth and then a future fourth for a second and a future third. So they're moving up rounds in each draft. It's not just straight up pick. So, so that's how, cause I, I, when I, when I started that sentence, I was like, wow, okay. Second and third, uh, even though the third's in a future year is a lot, but also picks going the other way too that are a couple rounds later. So, yeah. Okay. I, I can see why Detroit would want to do that. I mean, they have to rebuild a defense in the next 365 days or two years or so. Um, I would imagine they're still in the long-term quarterback sweepstakes, although their pick looks more and more like they could just get there on their own. I mean, they are not winning games, obviously. Um, I, I don't quite understand why Hawkinson had to go or if he had to go, but you know, they, they have a pretty good wealth of young receivers and Jamison Williams and uh, St. Brown. So they're, they're, they're okay in pass catchers to say the least um, makes sense. Uh, I think that's a fair deal. I can see both sides of it. You know, this is obviously happening on the fly. You know, what's funny is TJ Hawkinson was asked about this a couple of days ago that his name had come up, come up in some trade deadline rumors. And he said, um, yeah, it's always weird and you never want to be traded, but I can understand why my name would come up. <laughs> so uh, I, TJ Hawkinson even gets it. Yeah. I, I, maybe is, is there some, is he unsettled? Does he think he should be used more? Is there any of that yeah. kind of stuff? I mean, I'm not I aware. Really of... 
I haven't heard of anything like that. No, I'm, I'm not aware of a young up and coming tight end that needs to get on the field. I just didn't understand why he was on the block, but if you can get that back for him and allocate your resources over your, you know, the, the rest of your Lions team over these next two years, that, that was a pretty good call, a pretty good package in return. I like this. I think it's a win-win. Uh, I like that the, the the Vikings had to give up something, and it's going to hurt because those are you know some high picks that they gave up, but they get sure. a little something back, and um, you know improves the Lions' draft process. They lost a good player though, so um, uh, win-win. I feel pretty. I feel pretty good about this. I feel pretty good about this trade for both teams there, and I I don't think we we are allowed to have trades anymore that don't have picks go in both directions. So like, oh, right. The GMs are like, well, look, okay, here's the valuation, but we need this value. So we have to add this and this to get it to this. And they'll go down to the, you know, to the point on, on getting that draft trade chart points, the right number throwing sixth future picks, conditional picks. And so we'll see what this ends up looking like at the end. Cause one of these picks is conditional as well, but uh, a lot of picks going a lot of directions. TJ Hawkinson, now a member of the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings won't be picking in the second round in the 2023 draft. Roquan Smith going to, the Baltimore Ravens, Matt, from the Chicago Bears for a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick. How would you grade this one out? Uh, what do you think? First of all, we'll start with the receiving team here in the Ravens, obviously trying to stock up and, and get ready for that run, that playoff run that you mentioned that uh, could be a lot easier now looking at their schedule, looking at uh, who they might get back potentially with injury in the second half of the year. What do you think, Ravens and Roquan Smith? So – I wrote an extensive article, of course, Steeler related about young, high profile, highly drafted linebackers. And I'm going to talk about Devin Bush here. And I talked about how unbelievably volatile first round linebackers have been really for the, for the last 10 years. And Roquan's no different. I mean, like Devin White's a perfect example. His highlight tape is awesome, but there's times he runs the wrong way. You know, like young linebackers are getting manipulated by guys like your Shanahan at an all-time high level, and it's become a really hard place to adjust to the league. But I do think Roquan's really hitting his stride now. Um, I retweeted this from Pro Football Focus. I found it pretty interesting because it proves my point about what I just said, is Roquan Smith has more positively graded plays than any linebacker other than Bobby Wagner over the past three regular seasons. Okay. He also has the second most negative graded plays. <laughs> you know, like... That's what young, talented first-round linebackers do. They fly all over the field. They run four-fours, but they don't diagnose and understand things yet. And I think he's starting to hit his stride and getting over the hump of the young, you know, turning into an adolescent linebacker, I guess is a way to way to say it. And linebacker has been a major weakness for the Ravens, and Queen hasn't lived up to his billing, same exact reasons, and the guys next to him are just guys. So I think this completes their defense. It that team, like my Steelers, don't change much year after year. They they want their Ray Lewis, and Roquan has a chance to be that type of guy for them. It's a second and a fifth. We know the Ravens collect comp picks and mid-round picks like crazy. They probably have four other fifths as far as I know, or will whenever the draft rolls around. So what? The second, they're assuming is going to be late. I want to mention the Ravens' schedule. I think they're going to run away with the division. So it makes all the sense in the world. And – you could resign him. That's the kicker, though. He wants to be like the highest paid linebacker in the league, and that seems rich for my blood for who he is at the moment. Um, or rent him for a second round pick, send him on his way, and he turns into a third round pick a year later. You know, and so I think it makes a lot of sense for Baltimore, who's in it to win it right now. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. There. Um, you like that schedule, right? For the Baltimore Ravens. Are they just, is it that easy for you to say, man, the Ravens are just, they already have a, a lead now. Yeah. They are the favorites by far to win that division. I think so. So everyone saw Thursday night, they won a tight one against Tampa. To me, that was the biggest win of the year because they won that game losing Mark Andrews early on. Same with Bateman, who's going to miss some time. But here's the beauty of it is now they're sitting there after that win. They are, what are they? They are five and two, five and three. Great. So they have, they don't, they played last Thursday. Their next game is Monday night in New Orleans. So that's like a 10 game stretch. There's a mini buy right there plus a day. That's great. Perfect. What they need. Then they have another buy, you know, so they play one game in like 25 days. And then they go Carolina, Jacksonville, Denver, Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Steelers at Bengals to finish the year. Like, there's nothing in their way. Do you think there's another move to be made for those Ravens before we move on and and, uh, and look at some of the other options that could be out there for some teams at the trade deadline? Because you, you hope you get Bateman and mm-hmm. Andrews back after the bye week and, and a lot of this time off that's coming up for the Ravens, but maybe they're still banged up throughout the rest of the year. And Duvernay's done a really nice job and more than I think yeah. a lot of people expected there for them, but you don't want to rely on that. And then the running game's been banged up. You think there's more to do for the Ravens maybe on offense now that they, they got a piece on defense? You would think a receiver could be in the mix. You know, I mean, they did very little this offseason at receiver. But if you watch them, I mean, Isaiah likely just had a huge game. I mean, the passing game goes through the tight ends. Of course, Andrew's number one, but likely is a facsimile of Andrew's. And they, less than any team in the league, have three receivers on the field. I mean, it's a, a distant last. So that's just not how they play. They also signed Deshaun Jackson, which doesn't move the needle for me, but they did it. And right, he is yeah. a field stretcher in the Marquise Brown role, but... Could they go after a Brandon Cooks or somebody like that and really make a run? I would understand it. Next, I want to talk about some teams that still could make some moves yeah. out there and some players that could be I on want to talk Bears too, though, on this too. What's that? I want to talk Bears side of this a little bit too. Right. So, yeah, we'll come back but, to uh, and, and also just looking at what the Lions have as well. So let's look at yeah. that side, the draft capital now that both the Bears and the Lions have after being sellers. Who else could be sellers coming up on this episode of Peacock and Williamson? BetOnline.net is your number one source for football and the start of the new basketball season. Not just betting either. You want to be informed when you make those bets, and you can find all of that information at BetOnline. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sport out there the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events including not just nfl not just nba major league baseball world series going on mma boxing golf you name it you can even play vegas style casino games and table games there at bet online so get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more if you think some team uh is either a lot more fun to bet on now after the trade deadline or maybe you are fading them post trade deadline you can get in on that action at Bet Online, Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's start with the Bears here, Matt, and yeah. quite a bit of draft capital now. And you know, Ryan Poles obviously did a lot of work this offseason. They've moved some contracts, moved some players. They've got tons of cap to spend, and they've got a ton of draft picks now to spend to really get this 
rebuild going in 2023 into hyper mode. Yeah, I, 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 I certainly understand what they're doing. I mean, they lost two of their two of their best obvious defensive players in the last couple of days in Quinn and Smith. Um, maybe they're their two best players overall, but I don't think they had any intentions of extending Roquan. I mean, he's asking for a ton of money. He's not happy there. So turn it into what looks like a late second and a fifth. I get it. You know, I mean, and you're not going to maybe don't want to allocate you know money towards linebackers in general anyways. Maybe that's just not how this, 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 this front office looks at things. Um, he'll be missed and it creates another need, of course. But now, if you look at what they have in terms of compensation for to rebuild this thing, is I'm pulling it up on my phone now because I retweeted this from my buddy Field Yates. Is so right now they have their own first, which should be pretty high, their own second, which should be high, Raven second, which I assume will be late, a third, their own, a fourth, their own, a fourth from the Eagles in the in the Quinn deal, their own fifth, and the Ravens fifth. So that's a lot of draft compensation. Plus, they lost guys like Allen Robinson last year and didn't bring anyone in. So I would imagine there's a comp pick or two in those top five rounds mixed in as well. And over $100 million in cap space next year. So this team's going to look drastically different, drastically younger. I think we're trending towards at least one more year of fields, which I think he deserves. But that could go south, I guess. Um, so... It's going to be a, it's going to be difficult. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, we told Brand, you know, Bears fans from the start this year, just survive 2022. Don't ruin Fields, and then go make a move. Like, could they be the team that trades for Tyreek or Adams or AJ Brown? Not those three, but the next version. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, and they they have the cap to make a move like that and bring in a star player that maybe another team can't pay. And exactly. they, have that, they have that, you know, they have utmost ability to do whatever they want and they can get creative as well with picks and dollars to do so. And then looking at the Lions side of things after their trade, they've got even more draft capital because mm. they've got uh, extra first round pick already coming from the Rams in the Matthew Stafford trade to finish up that trade this offseason. So, right. So the Lions now have two firsts, two seconds, their own and the Vikings and if you want to go up and get a quarterback, if you want to do a lot of things, the Lions can do that. And that might have been what this trade was about to making sure they have the, the best opportunity to do exactly what they need to do if quarterback is in their future. And you would think that uh, that would be certainly an option for them to do in the draft. But, you know, maybe they feel like they like golf enough to where they don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, they could be major players. They will be major players again in the draft. And by the way, getting Jameson Williams uh, back next year. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Um, so they get so they're one a first six. round pick. They're one and six. I mean, they're probably going to pick in the top five, maybe even one. They may not even have to trade up for their quarterback. They may have, you know, so all those other picks could go to defense. They may look a lot different too, you know, I mean, in a good way. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not sure if Dan Campbell's going to be there though. They, they got to figure so yeah, they got to make some hard decisions too. you know, who's in charge of a rebuild. You don't want to have somebody spend all of this draft capital they have the last two years. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, actually, we're going to change it up and go with a new GM and new coach. And like, well, you got to let the new people draft the stuff. Right. So, yeah, right. Right. Uh, looking around the league a little bit uh, from Monday Night Football. I've heard a lot about uh, both, you know, published rumors and stuff. I've heard uh, aside from that, the Kareem Hunt is involved in some trade talks mm-hmm. and i think monday night football they had to get through that make sure that 
Hunt was healthy after the game, but especially Chubb was still healthy after the game to make the Browns feel better about moving on from Kareem Hunt. So Kareem Hunt's definitely a name I would throw out there, and I think there's numerous teams that could be looking for a running back, Matt. Uh, according to reports, the Rams were the team that offered two first-round picks to the Panthers for Brian Burns because there's those rumors that the, that the Panthers had turned down two ones. Now that means if it was the Rams, they were both future ones. So that's, we're talking about right. going into 2025 with first round picks. Would the Panthers say yes, if it was a this year's first and a next year's first instead. So basically the Panthers are kind of listening on some of their other younger star players that they haven't traded yet, but they would have to be blown away is the vibe I'm getting. Yeah. I mean, I would need a lot for Burns or DJ yes. Moore. Um, back to the Browns real quick. I meant to mention this when we were pre, you know, reviewing their game. This Deshaun Watson situation has them pretty screwed, and they did that on purpose for people that remember this 11-game thing because they can't roll his contract situation to next year, and they're very cash-strapped next year. I mean, this was the in-at-the-win-it year with the Browns, and they don't have their starting quarterback for 11 games. So uh, it might not even shock me if uh, – Jack Conklin or somebody like that, somebody that's making money that's been around the block and is a little banged up from time to time could get moved as well. Or even Amari Cooper, if they want to start Maybe. at the wide receiver position, even though they just acquired him. Yeah. I mean, it'll be somebody expensive because their cap situation isn't pretty next year. Uh, just looking around the league, is there any other teams you like? I was looking at the the Dolphins as a team for maybe Hawkinson, and there's been t rumors about Gusecki maybe going somewhere and then maybe Hawkinson coming in for mm, – That would be uh, a better fit. Yep. For the Dolphins. The Dolphins now, though, don't have that extra first-round pick that they were going to have this year because it got taken away uh, oh, from right. the stuff by the league. But they have the 49ers' first-round pick, but they don't have their own still this year. So maybe that will make them less – uh, aggressive at the trade deadline, but I could still see the Dolphins potentially trying to make a move. Although I had Hawkinson to the Dolphins is one that I liked a lot. And then Gusecki may be going somewhere else to another team that could use a pass catcher. Uh, any other trades, any other names you like out there before the deadline? Real quick. And I'll be honest. I mean, the days leading up to the trade deadline, I never liked cause everyone just puts out all kinds of crazy trades on the internet. But one I saw that of course won't happen. How about Derek Carr to the Jets? Oh, my gosh. Derek Carr, awesome? potential quarterback trade at the deadline. I don't think we've seen one of those since Jimmy G about yeah. five years ago. That would be a lot of fun. Should be fun. Matt and I, of course, will have it all broken down for you tomorrow. Get your Twitter questions in. Leave a comment with your question for our Wednesday mailbag episode back tomorrow. Right here, Peacock and Williams.